Will you pray with me? Holy One, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be truly acceptable in your sight. O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. And let the people say, Amen. So Luke outright tells us that this is a parable about the necessity of prayer. In fact, given Luke's introduction and Jesus' conclusion, this is perhaps the clearest cut parable explanations that we've heard this fall, right? If the judge, with no respect for anyone, will eventually listen to this woman, this nobody, Jesus says, then what of God, who loves you and cares about justice and pain and peace, makes me cry too sometimes. She knew this judge was an apathetic, selfish boor, and yet she kept asking, you know how deeply God cherishes you. Why have you stopped praying? That's it. Done. End of sermon. Or not. I mean, is Jesus implying that if we pray hard enough, if we pester God enough, that we'll get what we're asking for? Or conversely, that if we haven't gotten what we're asking for, it means we aren't praying hard enough? I don't think so. Jesus says that God hears all of our cries in the night and that we shouldn't lose heart. It can be easy to lose heart, though, when it feels like all of our prayers, nothing is getting better. Justice isn't being served. But then again, if justice is about fulfilling the obligations of right relationship. Where in the Bible does it say that our relationship with God guarantees us a pain-free life? To quote a rabbi from Grey's Anatomy, no, no, where is it written exactly that if you do this or that, that everything in your life is going to be good, hmm? Nowhere, nowhere in any faith is there a guarantee So what are the guarantees? What are the obligations that God has to our relationship? Well, God promises to always be in relationship with us, to always be in right relationship with us, to uphold God's end of the covenant. And that means loving us unconditionally, offering us forgiveness, welcoming us into community no matter who we are or what we've done. We are God's children, and nothing and no one can take that away from us. God promises to be present to us, to offer us love, to set a table before us in the presence of our enemies. That doesn't mean that God eliminates our enemies. God walks with us through the valley of the shadow of death. God doesn't pluck us out of the valley and drop us safely back in our homes. That presence, that love that God promises us, though, man, it can make all the difference. I was thinking about presence and what it does for us, and my mind immediately went to a couple years ago, When I was sick, I had a stomach bug. It was brutal. 
And from the lovely cold bathroom floor where I had made my bed, I called my mom. I was 27. She stayed with me on the phone until I knew that it was safe, stomach-wise, to fall asleep. And then, at 7 a.m., she drove up to Somerville to take care of me. She brought me Gatorade, the best flavor, and saltines, and she cooked me rice once I was ready to try eating again. And she sat with me on the couch and watched a British rom-com with me and went home again in the early afternoon. Now, she had no power to make me better, to remove my illness from me, nor did I expect her to. But in my hours of need, she showed me love. She met my pain and my suffering, my literal cries in the night with love and nurture and presence. And I'm aware that not all of us have had that kind of experience with a parent. But perhaps there are times when we've felt cared for by a friend or a partner or even a nurse or a teacher, hopefully a pastor. Or perhaps we've been that person who has offered care and love and presence for someone we hold dearly in their hour of need. And if that's you, how lucky those people are to have you in their life. When we pray to God, when we make that phone call in the night, we are met with nothing but love and nurture and presence. God's love can be invigorating and rile us up. God can nurture our sense of humility or our thirst for justice by reminding us who we are, whose we are, and who we are meant to be. God's presence is always there with us as creator, as Christ, as companion, and as spirit. Whenever we need her, which, spoiler alert, is always. God does this through prayer. Prayer is how God nurtures us. Prayer is how God brings us saltines and Gatorade. Prayer is how God is present with us when we are vulnerable and in pain. Prayer is how God loves on us. When my body is sick, I want my mama. When my soul is sick, when our souls are sick, we want our heavenly parent. And there God is, waiting for us, as promised, 100% guaranteed. So that's how God stays in right relationship with us. How do we stay in right relationship with God? Everyone knows that communication is crucial to the health of any relationship, be it romantic or family or friendship and even divine When I was maybe three or four and my mom was feeling particularly exasperated with me, she would sigh and say, God, give me patience. She later told me that one day, after she sighed, she heard my little voice pipe up and say, Talk to God, Mommy. Prayer, that everyday routine maintenance of our relationship with God, it's it's how we talk to God. 
It's also how we listen to God. Jesus assures us that God will not delay in helping us and granting us justice. When we talk to God and when we listen to God, we hear that still, small voice reminding us that we are God's hands and feet in the world, that we are equipped to bring about the peace, justice, and love that we so yearn for. God has given us the tools, and the more we pray, the more we are able to hone them and put them into use, building this beautiful kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. In order for us to be in right relationship with God, we must seek justice. We must ache at its miscarriage. We must be as persisting and in demanding it as was the widow. Have you ever asked for something that you knew you likely wouldn't receive? That you knew that the powers that be wouldn't budge? Perhaps their hands were tied or they had other priorities or you weren't in their jurisdiction, but you knew it was the right thing to ask for, and so you kept on asking anyway. Because in asking, you were staying true to and reinforcing your values. Well, that's what the widow does. She has no legal standing, and she demands it anyway. Barbara Brown Taylor says, she is willing to say what she wanted out loud, day and night, over and over, whether she got it or not, because saying it was how she remembered who she was. It was how she remembered the shape of her heart. When we pray, whether we are crying out in the deepest night of our soul or praising God in gratitude We are keeping those lines of communication open. We are showing God the shape of our hearts. We are inviting God to shape them. And fundamentally, love is at the heart of justice. Love of God and love of neighbor. Justice is about being in right relationship with God and God being in right relationship with us. And when that happens, it's much easier to be in right relationship with each other, to begin to embody God's love for us. And that's when the earthly justice starts to take hold. That's when we are able to start building the kingdom. Will you pray with me? Dear God, it can be hard We hunger and we thirst for food, for water, for the bread of life and the living water. God, when we cry out to you in the middle of the night, keep our ears open to hear your response that is always there. Keep our hearts open to your love, to your yearning for justice. Give us the courage to be your hands and feet in the world so that justice, beautiful justice, might be served here on earth. In your name we pray. Amen.